2: Welcome in, everybody. Another edition. How about this? A championship week edition. College football betting. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving week. Obviously, there was no show last week because of the holiday, but hope you listened to the Aaron Torres pod where I previewed some of the games. And I hope you looked at my picks over at Aaron Torres online where we went 5-1-1 one, and one in rivalry week. We had the Michigan money line. We had USC minus 5.5 against Notre Dame. We had the Florida, Florida State over. So it was a great week for us, a fun week for us. And now it's time to look at the five marquee championship games in the Power Five conferences. That is exactly what we are going to do today. We will start with the one with play, the ones with playoff implications: the Pac-12, the Big 12. From there, we'll go to the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC. I will give out my bet Fred best bet, and as always, we will wrap the I guess you would call it pseudo regular season portion of the show. Uh, just doing what we do. I should mention we'll have a couple bowl previews, probably one uh in the lead up to the early bowl games one in the lead up to the marquee bowl games of course the playoffs so stay tuned for all of that so fun show ahead fun couple weeks ahead we are not stopping because most of the college football is for a couple weeks it is going to be a really really fun couple weeks on this show and with Aaron Torres Media in general with that said before we get to the marquee portion of the show the the picks for the five games Let's welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. Listen, by now, I have told you, Working with Betfred since the start of football season, love working with them. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops overseas. They have come to the United States and made a major, 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 major splash. They are the presenting sponsor, not only of Aaron Torres Media, but also the Colorado Rockies, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about working with Betfred is that nobody does more for its betters than Betfred, I've told you before. But we have sent... Some of our listeners to the VIP tailgate at the Denver Broncos games, the Betfred suite at Bengals games is hopping uh, Colorado Rockies first pitch bar crawls in Arizona. And here is what Betfred is going to do for you. Again, this is why I love working with them. They always take care of you. What Betfred is going to do is as follows. Okay. Betfred is go on the Betfred sports, but go on Betfredsports.com or the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet 50 on any game. You get 250 in free bets. So it doesn't matter who you bet on what game it is. You like Georgia in the SEC championship game, LSU. You like North Carolina, Clemson. I'll give you my Betfred best bet in a couple minutes. But with that said, go there, bet 50, get 250 on any bet you make. Courtesy of Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. Love working with Betfred. Cannot thank them enough for their support of all things Aaron Torres Media, including the college football betting show. With that said, let's get to, how about this? The championship week picks on the College Football Betting Show. Cannot believe we're here. Feels like it was just July, and I was breaking down the Florida Gators over under win total in the SEC East. Yet here we are. It is now December as I record, and we are going to look at the five conference championship games. We're going to start with the one that I think, to me, has the most stakes, right? I think, look, the ACC championship game, doesn't matter what happens, nobody's getting into the playoff. I think you can argue that the SEC and Big Ten, Georgia and Michigan have already punched their ticket, and you can make a case that TCU, even if they lose, is in. I don't think you can make that case with USC. USC needs to win, they are in, lose, and they are almost certainly out. And so let's get into this one in the Betfred Sportsbook. USC is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. USC, of course, in this game, the over-under between USC and Utah is 67-and-a-half points. And as I look at this game, what's interesting to me is a couple things. One, unlike, say, the SEC or the Big Ten, these two teams are not only kind of equals, but they have played each other before, and that's what really stands out to me, right? Sometimes, you know, you get a big game, a meaningful game, impactful game, in these conference championships and the two teams haven't played each other and you have no kind of barometer of what to expect that's not the case with usc utah these two teams played in salt lake city about six weeks ago utah wins 43 to 42 in a thriller which of course to date is the only loss of the usc season with that said though one thing i would warn you about i'd be careful about taking too much out of that original usc utah game and let me explain why okay The reason I would be hesitant to do so, a lot of stuff is going to be different Friday night in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, as opposed to what we saw a few weeks ago in Salt Lake City. One, the game was in fact in Salt Lake City. True road game for USC, true home game for Utah. The weather was not great. It was cold. It was icy. There was a little bit of precipitation. And I think on the field, there's some stuff that you got to be wary or hesitant to really dive into and use as it pertains to this game. From the Utah perspective, first off, they scored a ton of points, which is great. They're great at what they do, but they didn't really win the way they traditionally do. We know they have an elite run offense, but in that game, Cam Rising threw for over 400 yards against USC, by far the most passing yards he has had all year, and I'm sorry. I think it is going to be tough for Cam Rising to replicate that against USC. At the same time, from the USC perspective, Caleb Williams did what Caleb Williams does, but the run game was also very effective for USC. Travis Dye was awesome. Keep in mind, Travis Dye is not playing in this game. But at the same time, Austin Jones has stepped up. Relique Brown, the five-star freshman, has stepped up. And it's also worth noting, again, that Jordan Addison got hurt in that game. He has come back. He has played really well, including a great game against UCLA a few weeks ago. And so when I look at this game, one, be hesitant to take too much from the previous matchup. But two, what I would also say is I, I think these teams and certainly USC has evolved, right? Especially the last couple of weeks with USC. Now, they were always good. They were always whatever. Um, but what has so impressed me about USC, we've talked about it for three or four weeks. The last time I recorded a show was before the UCLA game of college football betting. I should say I've obviously done the Aaron Torres pod a ton of them. But, but I bring it up because before the UCLA game, and certainly before the Notre Dame game, what was the conversation? Well, I don't know. USC. Can they handle the physicality up front? Can they handle this? Can they handle that? And with USC, the conversation really was, remember, if you remember the last time we recorded, it was off of the day where UCLA lost to Arizona to knock them out of the playoff picture and Oregon lost to, um, who was it? Washington at home to knock them out of the playoff picture. And we sat there and said, well, USC still has a path, but man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, are they really going to go three, and zero in their next three games? Well, to their credit, they've done two, they've, they're 66% of the way there, right? Knock on wood, 6'6". Six, six. But they're, 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 they're two-thirds of the way there. And what so impresses me, people keep doubting them, and they keep elevating their game. Against UCLA, obviously, Caleb William was, was incredible. But really, what stands out to me was that last week was the week that, oh, you know, Notre Dame, the way they run the football, I just don't know if USC can win. And what does USC do? I think they implemented a game plan that is going to be very similar to what they do on Friday night in Las Vegas. Again, dome stadium, indoor conditions, no weather to worry about. And this is what they're going to do against Notre Dame. They basically said, yeah, you guys run the crap out of the ball. We don't want to deal with that. So we're going to try to get up early. We're going to try to jump on you and we're going to try to keep pressure on you so that you have to pass the ball. And so go back and look at that Notre Dame game. It was amazing. Notre Dame finished that game. I looked it up. I was blown away. They only rushed the ball 26 times in that game because, again, they ha- they couldn't just lean on the football, lean on the offensive line. In the previous four games, here was Notre Dame's rush attempts. 36 attempts against Boston College. 34 against Navy. 47 in that win against Clemson. 56 in that win against uh, Syracuse about five, six weeks ago now. So Notre Dame found a blueprint and, and USC basically was like, we're not going to let you implement that blueprint at all. And if you watch that game, every time Notre Dame scored, every time they'd cut into the lead, USC jumped right back out on them. Caleb Williams, aggressive. Obviously, we all think Caleb Williams is the Heisman Trophy favorite, but I just bring it up because I think that's the game plan in Vegas on Saturday on Friday night. Get the ball first. And by the way, it is worth noting, this is a Friday night game. So if you told your wife or your kids, we're, we're doing something that only something you're doing is sit in front of the TV and watch a Caleb Williams and the boys. Okay. So when I look at this game, back to back to the game itself, when I look at this game, what stands out to me and what I truly believe, and I I, I do truly believe this is that I believe that the blueprint is there for USC, get on Utah, get on them early, put pressure on them so that they can't just simply again, rely on that run game and that run offense in this game. In terms of my bet, Fred, best bet, I'll tell you, I actually do like USC for two straight weeks, really for the entire season. We keep saying, we keep hearing, we keep listening. The conversation is what? Well, USC's good, but at some point, all this is going to catch up to them. They're too young. They're too inexperienced, too many transfers, not enough depth on the front line the front seven of the defense. They keep finding ways to win. I think they get one more win. Right into the playoff where they they'll have their hands full against Georgia or Michigan. I think they win. I think they cover Friday night in uh, Vegas. And boy oh boy, what a story that would be.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.
2: Uh, I do want to get to the other big game with real, I believe, playoff implications, and that's TCU Kansas State. Now, TCU, like uh, USC, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. 62 is the over-under, and these two teams did play, but what I would say is, unlike U- uh, sort of like USC Utah, I don't think there's that much you could take away from the, that that game mainly because I don't know how anybody bets TCU at all this year. Now, if you just bet the money line every week, have fun. But I'll just be blunt. I I know this is a betting show. I know you come here for betting insight. How can anyone comfortably bet TCU? Because the thing about TCU, they're 12-0. It's an incredible season. We're all getting Team of Destiny vibes from TCU. But in terms of betting them, there has to be some sort of pattern, right? You have to sort of figure out how they're going to play in any given game in any given moment. We just talked about what I believe USC's pattern is going to be. We just talked about what Utah wants to do against USC with TCU. Just think about their games this year, okay? Think about TCU's games this year from from the perspective of how they've won games. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. There's been games that were total shootouts. Like the Oklahoma State game where it was like 43-42 was the final score. There were games that were super low scoring in, in, you know, when they played. Like Texas, the Texas game was like 13-6 was the final score. There were games where they had to rally to win. Like the first Kansas State game, they were down 18 points rallied to win. There were games where they got up early and dominated like Oklahoma. That was kind of the day we realized, you know, this Brent Venables guy might not be it. And so when I look at this game, I just don't understand how anyone can feel comfortable betting either side because there's no rhyme or reason to anything TCU does beyond that. And I think this is important too. There doesn't appear to be like one place where one team can exploit the other. Right. And and we're going to get into some of the other games in a minute, but like North Carolina, for an example, great pass offense, Clemson's weakness on defense is the passing attack. Well, That's good for ACC, for the ACC championship game. But when I look at the Big 12 championship game, there isn't that obvious thing that one team can exploit against the other. Kansas State, more of a run-based team. They've had a ton of success running the football this year, both from the quarterback position with Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, uh, Deuce Vaughn, obviously. But TCU, the strength of their defense, is the run defense. Kansas State doesn't throw the ball as much. TCU's not as great defending the pass. That's okay. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing if, it, it, you know, again, it just speaks to the idea that it's hard to get a feel for how to actually bet this. From the other perspective, TCU, they're actually very balanced. Well, Kansas State has a very balanced defense where you can exploit them in specific spots one way or the other. A couple things that do come up to me, do stand out to me in terms of trying to preview this game or figure this game out. The first thing that does stand out, okay, is that TCU, and I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, they're great creating big plays. They're great creating big plays, number two in the country, in plays of 50 yards or more. You can probably guess who's number one. It's Tennessee. TCU is number two. Kansas State has been pretty good throughout the year of limiting explosive plays. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then beyond that, and I do think this is important, Will Howard. Uh, he has been starting at Kansas state over the past four games. He's played five games of meaningful minutes, meaningful snaps. Well, they're four and O in the games that he has started since Adrian Martinez got hurt. But the game that he kind of came in, in replacement of Adrian Martinez was actually the TCU game. So it's hard to gauge because this team is different. It's kind of what we were just talking about a minute ago with USC. USC is different without Travis die, but with the re addition of Jordan Addison, Well, it's kind of the same with Kansas State. They've been different with Will Howard. Will Howard did not play in the first game. In terms of a Betfred bet, listen, I'll just tell you, I'll be blunt. I try to keep it real with all you guys and girls. I don't think there's a side that I feel great about, like that I would sprint to the window, double down, triple down, tell friends, tell family, whatever. My official Betfred bet, I'm going to take USC minus 2.5. They just give big team of Destiny vibes. One of the games I didn't mention earlier, the Baylor game with the sprint on walk off field goal to improve to I believe it was eleven and zero in that game, but credit to TCU they're here. Obviously, the game being in Arlington, you'd think they'd have a home field advantage. Going to be tough to know, right? Going to be a lot of purple at Jerry World on Saturday, but it should be a really fun game. Really excited to watch. Um, I lean TCU just because it's hard to bet against TCU at this point. Again, team of destiny vibes. But at the same time, hard for me to say anything definitive. Really quickly, before we get to the break, we I think, by the way, we're probably just going to mostly stick with the five conference championship games at the Power Five level. You know, if you want super detailed analysis on the Sun Belt or something, um, probably just not the place for you. But let's get to the the, the SEC championship game. Georgia, obviously, against LSU. Georgia's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. The game, it goes without saying, I think everybody knows, is in Atlanta. Over/under is 51 in this game. Before we break it down, let's let's just, by the way, let's just throw some rose petals at Brian Kelly's feet, okay? Because I look at this game. You look at what Brian Kelly has done. Year one, nine and three, it's unbelievable. Now I know they lost to Texas A&M the other day, but you look at nine and three. The Texas A&M loss obviously stings, but their losses. Here are their losses. Week one against the Florida State team that won nine games. Tennessee, really when Tennessee was just starting to click, they win 10 games. They obviously lose to A&M. So really outside of that one game against a and I would argue there are not really any bad performances. And what's more impressive is they got so much better as a team across the, 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 the length of the season, right? You go back to that, that Florida State game in week one, they couldn't create any run game offense outside of Jaden Daniels just taking off. Uh, You know, that was the weird Keyshawn Boutte game where like they struggled to get him the ball and he's pouting and to see their evolution. I think it's a great story. It's a testament to Brian Kelly. I bring all that up to say, I'll be blunt. Georgia's a 17 and a half point favorite and I don't think LSU stands a chance. Let's get into it it, and let me explain why. And in a weird way, I'm going to draw a weird parallel to something that some of you may or may not remember from a few years ago. That parallel. 2019 SEC championship game. Do you remember that matchup? Oh, it was LSU, Georgia. Obviously the tables were turned. LSU was really the team that the team of destiny, Joe Burrow, historically great, playing a good but not great Georgia team. They hadn't really kind of evolved that offense at that time. And so this game reminds me of that. Now it's a little bit different. This Georgia team, I don't think is as great as that LSU team. This LSU team is probably a little bit worse than that Georgia team that was 11 and one. But I bring it up because the middle of the week, I think we started hearing vibes in 2019 of like, you know, Georgia, maybe they can keep it competitive. And I remember saying at the time, we didn't have this podcast at the time. I said, LSU's going to kill them. LSU's killing everybody. Why is Georgia going to be any different? And I kind of feel the exact same way about this game where I think Georgia's just going to steamroll. I think they're going to steamroll. The LSU Tigers in this game, and, and the reason why is a few things. Is one, first off, Jaden Daniels. I mentioned him. He is one of the breakout stars of the season. I watched him at ASU. I didn't know he had this in him. It's a credit to the coaching at LSU, but he is so important to what LSU does. He's not only obviously it goes without saying their leading passer, but I think it's important to note he's of course their leading receiver as or leading receiver. He's their leading rusher as well. With over on the season, he is uh, outside, you know, he is leading the team in rushing with 824 yards, rushing almost five yards per carry, 11 touchdowns so far. And so why I bring it up is because he is so crucial to what they do. And he left Kyle Field last Saturday in a walking boot. So even if he plays, it's hard to imagine him being anything close to 100%. And he is playing behind not a very good offensive line. I think that's a credit, again, to Brian Kelly, who has been able to figure out ways to manufacture things despite his limitations. Well, this year, they've played two true freshmen along the offensive line for big chunks. LSU has found ways to win nine games, but this feels like the game catches up with them, right? They've given up 41 sacks on the season, second most in the SEC behind Kentucky, or only ahead of Kentucky, I really should say, And when you look at this game, it's just hard for me to see their their ability to block up front against this Georgia front seven, which is obviously filled with NFL talent, Jalen Carter most specifically. Now, from the Georgia perspective, what I also think is interesting is this. They feel to me, and I've said it before, and a lot of people have said it, like they feel like the new Bama, where they're not great every single week, but they're great in big games. And what stands out when I think about Georgia – weren't great against Georgia Tech last week, one. weren't great against Missouri, one. weren't great against whoever, one. You know what Georgia's two best performances were this season? Oregon and Tennessee, which were really the only games that anybody doubted them. Now, did anybody really doubt them against Oregon? That I don't know. But I think there was some like, well, they lost 15 guys to the NFL. They lost five first round. They're not going to be as good as last year. And they, they spent all offseason hearing that, and they were like, oh, really? Okay, well, we're going to show you that we're not going to miss a beat without all those guys that left for the NFL. Destroy destroy Oregon 49-3. to And then, of course, the Tennessee game a few weeks ago, where all week long, including people like me, I'm not going to try to pretend like I didn't pick Tennessee to win that game outright. Uh, despite that, you look at that game and what ends up happening. Georgia comes in, they hear all week that Tennessee's the better team. Tennessee's going to pull the upset Hendon hookers, the Heisman Trophy favorite. And then we all know what happened in between the hedges for Georgia against Tennessee. And so when I look at this game, this has those same vibes. Georgia's not great every week, but Georgia is great in the big games that matter. And I'll keep this in mind too. There's some players from Georgia that were, st- that were there for that 2019 SEC championship game against LSU where they got destroyed. I saw Kenny McIntosh talk about it this week. They're like, oh, yeah, we're coming for blood in this game. And so I really do like Georgia. I think they cover. I think they win big. I think they make a statement going into the college football playoff. Oh, you guys think USC is cute. Think TCU is cute. You think Ohio State is interesting. You think Michigan has now cemented itself as a team that can win the title. You just wait and see. You watch us. We are going to take care of business. Go ahead. I think Georgia wins this game, wins it convincingly. I think they cover. 17 and a half points all right so what i do do want to take a quick break we'll come back we'll hit on the other two championship games big 10 title game in indy some interesting stuff there acc title game in charlotte interesting stuff there take a quick break be right back
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All
2: right, everybody. I'm back. Let's get to the rest of the championship week. I was going to say week whatever. The championship week picks. We'll obviously talk Big Ten and ACC here. And I do want to start. Indianapolis, you know, you talk about an interesting matchup. First of all, Michigan is a 17 point favorite in the Betfred sports book. The over under in this game is 52, but it's interesting for, for, for a few different reasons. One Michigan, of course, their second straight trip to Indy Purdue, their first ever trip to Indy. Remember uh, Purdue is in the state of Indiana. So I would expect a lot of black and, uh, you know, black and gold in that building on Saturday night, by the way, Quick shout out to your boy Purdue was my pick to win the Big Ten West earlier this in the preseason, so you know a little pat on the back for Torres. Uh, don't ask, don't ask me about my Big Twelve pick of Oklahoma or my ACC Coastal pick of, uh, of 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 Miami, but I did get Purdue right, so at least I got that going for me. But interesting game, and there were some interesting developments over the course of this week in terms of the game. One, right before I started recording, we find out that that Mazi Smith a marquee key player on the Michigan defensive line. Uh, He was busted for some weapons charges a few weeks ago. He has since played, has not missed any time, but the report comes out on Thursday morning. As of right now, Michigan has not commented, but that's something to watch. This is a big guy up front, uh, impacts the game along the defensive line, and we will see if he ends up playing in this game. The other big story, and I hate to, to, to say it or share it, But Aiden O'Connell, the starting quarterback at Purdue, he will play in this game, but lost his uh, lost his brother earlier this week. Uh, He actually was away from the team for a few days. All reports are that he's going to play. But one, obviously, it goes without saying everybody's thoughts and prayers. Certainly mine are with him. But two, from the football perspective, what can you realistically expect after all of that heartache, all of that tragedy and being away from the team for a few days? So those are things you need to know. And when I look at this game, what I will say, ultimately, I just talked about it a minute ago with the big 10 championship game or with the sec championship game, excuse me, that it reminds me of the 2019 version. Only this time, Georgia's the juggernaut as opposed to LSU in 2019. Well, this big 10 title game, it actually reminds me a lot of last year. Okay, If you remember last year, Michigan beats Ohio state first time in forever in Ann Arbor, snowy field, snowy conditions, whatever and then the next week they have to go to Indianapolis. And I think there were a lot of people, myself included, saying, is there any chance of a letdown? Is there any chance that they do not perform up to the level uh, and Iowa pulls the upset? Of course, we know what happened. They went 42-3. to And I'm getting the same kind of vibes this week out of this Big Ten Championship game. I know there's a little off-the-field distraction. I know whatever. I just don't really see Purdue matching up in this game for a few different reasons. One, Purdue, listen, the reason I like Purdue in the Big Ten West is very advantageous schedule. So they did not play Michigan. They did not play Ohio State. They did play Penn State in week one at home, did not win that game. But you wonder how much they've been tested to J.J. McCarthy really breaks out as a thrower of the football last week. Purdue obviously has not seen very many good pass offenses this year playing in the big 10 West with Illinois and Iowa and Wisconsin and Northwestern, their cross, you know, rivalry game with Indiana. They haven't seen anything like what Michigan has will show them on Saturday. But at the same time, I just think Michigan, look, they're just better across the board, right? Better athletes, better players, better up front. Um, Again, uh, Purdue, their starting quarterback is not, you know, he's played, but he hasn't practiced very much this week. And I think the other thing that stands out in this one as well, again, that Purdue pass defense against the J.J. McCarthy, who we finally saw what J.J. McCarthy is all about last week. And so, yes, even if Blake Quorum's not 100%, even if Donovan Edwards isn't 100%, We've seen two things from J.J. McCarthy last week. One, that J.J. McCarthy can essentially be Michigan's run game if Blake Coram and Donovan Edwards aren't ready to go, right? There was two, three, four big plays late last in last week's game where Michigan, they're stalling, they can't run the football, and J.J. McCarthy just takes off and makes big plays, and that, of course, opens up the passing game because now you can't just stack the box. And so when I look at Michigan, when I look at who they are, when I look at the fact that they barely survived a few weeks ago against Illinois, then they bounce back with the dominant win against Ohio State, I just don't see the scenario where they have a letdown Saturday. So I do like Michigan to win the Big Ten Championship. Purdue is an incredible story, an incredible season for them finishing 8-4 and overall. I don't see them winning this game, though. I don't even see it being close. Michigan minus 17 is my Betfred pick. Finally, the ACC Championship game. So, you talk about an interesting matchup. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite over North Carolina. Um, very interesting from this perspective. By the way, it's not only a seven and a half point favorite, the over under is 63 and a half in the Betfred Sportsbook, um, but really interesting game because Clemson is coming in off of a loss. Uh, And North Carolina is actually coming in off of a loss uh, off of back to back losses. Excuse me. Um, You know, they lost the last two weeks against Georgia tech and to a rival in NC state a week ago. And so when I look at this game, a few things stand out. One from the Clemson perspective, you guys and girls know that on this show specifically where we talk numbers and data and information, I don't love doing the armchair analysis you know, mental uh, makeup game, you know, playing the mental makeup game in terms of how ready is a team to go, going into this game. But I do think this is kind of a crossroads moment for the Clemson football program. And I'll tell you why. I think last year, obviously they didn't play for an ACC championship. That was Pitt versus Wake Forest, but last year Clemson, they don't make the ACC championship game. They obviously don't make the college football playoff. But if you remember, I thought Dabo Sweeney did a really good job of selling his guys this is a one-off deal. We're Clemson. We'll bounce back. This is what we do. And if you remember, even in their bowl game, they played in—I think it was the Cheez It Bowl against uh, against Iowa State. It was a big thing. It was a pride thing of, uh, we're Clemson. We don't we don't have guys opt out. We don't we don't quit on bowl games. We don't quit on each other. We're all in. That's their motto. I think it's tough for Clemson to get up for this game. I really do because last week everything was ahead of them. They're in the playoff conversation. They probably would have needed help, but to lose to your biggest rival for the first time in a decade and to know you're playing for nothing more than an ACC title. And it sounds bad and I hate it. And I hate that, you know, the old school college football fans where conference championships used to matter. I don't know that Clemson's players are excited to be in this game, especially again, when we know that there was a path for them to the playoff. And let's be honest. Dabo Sweeney screwed this up. Like we can do the song and dance and pretend like he did it. And it was it really Dabo's fault. We know who the best quarterback is on this roster. It is not DJ Uy Laganlele. It is Cade Klubnick. And if Dabo had benched DJ like he did in week four with Kelly Bryant a few years ago, let's call a spade a spade. If Dabo had benched DJ Clemson, would be, I believe would be in the college football playoff picture right now. I don't know if they'd be in that top four ahead of USC or ahead of TCU but they'd be in the conversation ahead of Ohio state ahead of Alabama, where if they were to win on Saturday, they would be maybe the first team to get a spot into that playoff. And so I bring it up because after you lose to South Carolina, when you know, you didn't have the starting best starting quarterback on the field. When DJ, did you see these stats? 99 yards passing for DJ last week against a, a, a good South Carolina pass defense, but still, and on top of that, he completed 27% of his passes. So, I don't know how Clemson gets fired up knowing that their coaching staff let him down. Beyond that, I do think there is a stylistic element to this as well, which I discussed earlier, which is that Clemson isn't good against the pass this year. Spencer Rattler threw for almost 400 yards last week against Clemson. Oh, by the way, on the season, Clemson, believe it or not, ranks 74th in the country in pass defense. The two teams that beat North Carolina the last two weeks, North Carolina State and Georgia freaking Tech that fired their coach, have better pass defenses than Clemson. And so to me, this is a stylistic advantage to North Carolina, best pass offense that Clemson will have seen all year. And more importantly, I think it's a mental and emotional advantage for North Carolina as well because I just don't think Clemson's excited. I think it's an interesting moment in time for Clemson. I'll be fascinated... Dabo has said DJ is the guy right now. But what does DJ do after this game? Does he declare for the draft knowing he ain't getting drafted? Does he try to transfer? Does he try to come back when everything was set up for Cade Klubnick to take over after this year? Regardless, I'll tell you this. My official Betfred best bet in this game or in this week, it's North Carolina plus 7.5. I think they win. I think they cover. I think Clemson's a mess. I think a lot of this is self-inflicted by Dabo. And I think they got to bounce back in a hurry with Kate Klubnick because this is getting away from them really, really, really quick. Obviously, the other conference championship games, Friday night, Mac, or Friday, excuse me, Mac, uh, Akron and Buffalo will play. uh, Conference USA, UTSA in North Texas. UTSA is an eight and a half point favorite. It was interesting. I saw the UTSA staff say they were expecting potentially 50,000 people in the stands for that game. Remember. That is a true home game, excuse me, for UTSA. That game is Friday night at the Alamo Dome and UTSA expecting potentially 50,000 fans in that game Uh, on Saturday. Excuse me. I think I said the, the, the Mac conference championship game is on Friday on Saturday, Toledo versus Ohio. That is the Mac championship game. Um, But then, you know, you look at that game, Ohio's a, or excuse me, Toledo's a one and a half point favorite, no strong feelings, Troy, an eight and a half point favorite over Coastal Carolina. You wonder, Jamie Chadwell is he kind of, you know, kind of poking around looking for other jobs? And then finally, we have Tulane as a four point favorite against Central Florida UCF in the AAC championship game. That game will be played on the campus of Tulane. Tulane did lose at home to UCF a few weeks ago. So that's worth noting there again, Tulane a four point favorite. And then how about Fresno and Boise state in the mountain West championship game? Something I don't think anybody saw coming. That is a 4 PM kickoff on Fox Boise, nine and three and eight and O in league play. They did struggle out of the gate. Hank Bachmeyer transfers. They have success after that Fresno. Started the season 1-4, and four, including a loss to my UConn Huskies, including a loss to these Boise Broncos. They have now won, what would that be, seven in a row coming into this one. Again, they did play at Boise earlier this year and lost. That game will be in Boise. Again, all my official picks are on AaronTorresOnline.com. My best bet, my Fred best bet, is North Carolina plus seven and a half. All right, with that said, I think it's time for me to get out of here. That is all for today's edition of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. If you really could rate and review the show, that really would help, uh, you know, kind of get this thing going. Had a great year. Downloads were up. We appreciate your support. uh, But if you could go ahead and rate and review, that would be huge. Also, make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter. Uh, Again, College Football Betting. We have the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow that. And I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting. As I said, we will have full previews. We will have a playoff preview. So make sure you pay attention. Make sure you're subscribed. We will be back throughout December. We will be back in the offseason. It's going to be fun. We ain't going anywhere. College Football Betting.